Good job. I told you to sit in the front row, Susie. So that was really good. She did her job. Welcome, friends. I'm so excited to be here and to share the, the message that God has put on my heart. But I just want to tell you how much I love City Church. I love the pastoral staff. I love the women in the church. <laughs> and um, I'm just so thankful to be here. So let's start out with prayer, shall we? Father God, I, I thank you, God, that you said that if I just showed up today, Lord, and I stood behind the cross, that it would be your words that would be spoken. You said, Lord, that if I trust you, that if I renewed my mind that this is yours, that, that I lay my life down, that I'm crucified with you, that your spirit would be the one to touch the hearts of the people here today. And so I'm counting on that, Lord. I thank you, God, for that. I thank you for this message and for the people, God, to receive because of you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, I want to tell you a little bit um, about the title before we get into the word. One of the things that the Lord asked of us in our journey to him is, is, is to put all our expectations on him. He says, lay down your life, right? Right, let go of things. He says, get your eyes off yourself, what you can do. Get your eyes off of others and get your eyes on, off of situations and get them on me. Well, we know that's a journey, right? Right? Because we are born into this sinful, selfish nature that we're trying to control things. We're expecting people and situations. But today's message that he has for us is kind of the journey that pastor has been speaking about through Jonah. It's awakening. It's a revival. And he has some tools here today for you to help you in that journey of learning to put all your expectations on the perfect love, right? Jesus Christ on the cross, the perfect love. So let's stand for his word. And as we look at Proverbs 4, 18 through 23, I want you to think about the expectations that this word is, is talking about. So let's look at Proverbs. So it says, the path of the righteousness is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter to the full light of day. There's, there's our expectations on him. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. We're going to learn today. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight and keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. All right, you may have a seat. All right, the first thing that we're going to talk about is the things in our lives that cause us to get our expectations off Jesus. The first thing we're going to talk about, my first point, is expectations on ourselves. All right? So we, we think that we need to do things, that we have to take control. Like if I would think that I... Let me show you what's happening. What's happening? Your earring. No, no, I got it. I got it. Your earrings popping up against... There we go. Okay. Thank you. Because these are important earrings. 
somebody from this church made these for me. <laughs> um, so let's take a look at this a story from the Bible, right? It's a, it's, it's a story from the Bible that talks about some people who put their expectations on themselves instead of God. So let's look at Genesis 25, 21 through 23. And this is a story about Isaac and, and uh, Rebekah. And uh, if you remember, Isaac was Jacob's son. He was going to, eh, you know, and, and God stopped that. So just so you know a little bit about the story with, with Isaac. So Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. And the Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebekah, became pregnant. And the babies jostled each other within her, and she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. See, she put her expectations on, on, on the Lord, right? The Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the youngest. So she already knows before the babies are born the story, right? He told her. He said, hey, this is the expectation, right? That we know that the, the older will serve the younger. So let's go on and let's see what Genesis 27, 1 through 10 tells us and how she put her expectations on herself and took control of the situation. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, my son, here I am, he answered. And Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and your bow, and and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me, bring it to me to eat so that I may give you... Oh. Esau was the older son. The blessing before I die. Now Rebekah was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. All right? And when Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son, Jacob, here's the younger son, look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat so that I might give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessings before he dies. Now, let's think back to that story. The Lord already told her, right? The Lord already told her that It was going to be Jacob. But she heard a different story, right? How many times in our lives, right? We're like, I know God's going to take care of that. But then you hear a different story, a different financial story, a different physical health story, whatever your story is, and you hear a different story. And then you try to take control. So even before God, you know, when she knew the story, she still tried to take control. Well, what happened in the story because of this, right? If you know the story, it was a lot of trouble, and now Esau hates Jacob, 
And listen to this. In verse 41, it says, Esau says, I'm going to kill my brother Jacob. But God. That's what I love about the but God story. You see, she knew. God told her. She got in the way and messed it up. And, and, and because she got in the way, there were some consequences, right? But you know what the but God story is from the word of God? But God took Jacob and his 12 sons became what? The tribes of Israel. The but God story. So under expectations on ourselves, we have, an, we have a, a point that I want to talk about, and it's called control. When we put expectations on ourselves that we can do things, and we say, I can change people, I'm responsible for other people's happiness, or why aren't you further along in your faith walk? If you were actually saved, you wouldn't be doing that. I should have known better. We get in the way. I want to tell you my story when I put my expectations on myself. <laughs> oh, you heard about it. It just happened this morning, right? No, it happened about a year ago. About a year ago, I was at Campus for Kids, and I was there four days a week, and um, Pastor had asked me to come alongside and, and, and help uh, Pastor Angie. And so I was over here one day a week. And uh, a year ago, at Campus for Kids, it was the busiest time, because we're getting things ready, for um, all the new uh, children coming in. And plus there was another task that I was taking on that was really beneficial for me to do, but it was new. On top of that, in that one day, I was, you know, helping the women's ministry. And it was also when when Pastor Angie was, you know... um, on her journey to be with the Lord. And so it was a really hard time because everybody loved Angie. You know, it was, it was, a, it was just heavy on everyone's heart. So what had happened in my life at that time, I couldn't do it. I was, you know, I was trying to, you know, do all the work at campus for kids and over here. And all of a sudden I remember the morning where I knew I couldn't do it. The, the, the files on my desk were piling up, and I, could, and, and I couldn't get to it. Over here, the needs of the women contacting me. I was like, I, you know, I couldn't do it. And I remember the Lord said to me, Joyce, do you know what your weakness is? It's your strength. And so he took me to a place where I, I couldn't do it. I mean, I could not do it. I knew I couldn't do it. So every day I was like, I woke up every day and like, I can't do it. I can't do this life. I can't do campus for kids. I can't, you know, it was, it, I was, if I didn't live that way, I would have sunk. And so I chose to put my expectations on him. And it was like, it was almost like, this is how if anybody looked, they go, why is Joyce like looking up? Why is she just walking and just going, honestly, I'd walk in, you know, I, thank you, God, you have it. And I, and I just looked up. And I don't, I, 
how can you explain how he did it? But he did it. I got the work done, and, you know, I put all my expectations on Jesus, and it changed my life. The second point I want to talk about is when we put our expectations on others. And I want to look at the story in Exodus 15, 22 through 26. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur, and for three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. And when they came tomorrow, they could not drink it, its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Mara. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord, Moses cried out to the Lord, expectations on the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, and he threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. And there the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. So we've got to look at this story. The Israelites just experienced the miracle. You know, I always think about it. You say the parting of the Red Sea, but no, let's just think about that once. If you were like, you know, sometimes we say things and we, have to, we haven't put ourselves through it. So the Israelites, it was a huge miracle, right? Right? It'd just be like the flooding going on someplace here, and all of a sudden the, uh, the flooding waters pass and people, their cars can go through, right? You'd be like, ah, right? So, and on the other side, Miriam, Moses' sister, she's singing, and she's not singing praise to Moses, right? Thank you, Moses, who parted the sea and the horses were hurled in. She wasn't singing to Moses, was she? They were all singing and dancing. They were singing and dancing to God, right? But yet, three days later, right, when the going got tough, they said, Moses. They put their expectations on a person instead of the miracle-making God. And they said, Moses. Thank God for Moses. He put his expectations on the Lord, right? And he said, Lord... And the Lord came through. So the point, when we put our expectations on others, is happiness, that we are expecting others to bring happiness in our lives. So let's talk about some of the expectations, right, that we look at. We expect our, our husband or a wife we put our expectations on them instead of on Jesus, our children, pastors, friends, co-workers, expectations. I'm lonely because I miss the people I used to have in my life. Fear that people have power over me, comparison to other Christians. I want to be liked. What will people think about me doing or saying that? TV evangelists. You know, there are so many things, so many people that we will put our expectations on instead of Jesus. Let me tell you my story. So, I, I was praying and I was like, Lord, if you put a man in my life, I want a man who loves the outdoors. 
Well, if anybody knows my husband, Jim, it's like if Jeremiah Johnson and Grizzly Adams had a kid, <laughs> right? That would be my husband, Jim. Some of the prime timers are at the house. They understand this because we have animals, bears, everything, everywhere, right? They, they see that. So I was like, yeah, that was so good. And so uh, Jim and I like to go for walks in the wood, things that we like to do together. So here we are, our first walk in the woods together, right? Now my walk in the woods by myself or with friends are just looking at nature and talking about God, right? Here's uh, Jim, come on. Started out good. We're walking in the woods. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, walking a little bit behind him. He goes, stop! I'm like, what? He goes, there's a buck rub right there. <laughs> I've never heard of a buck rub. I'm like, what? Is, he goes, see? That buck rub right there. He said, you see? And there's a trail. And I see another trail. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'm learning. So we continue walking. He goes, wait! That's where I would put my tree stand, right there. Because the buck rub, the wind, the trails, I'm noticing the trails. And I'm like, you know, so now he's stopping the flow of my walk, right? (laughs) And we walk a little ways, and he starts talking about how he maps the land and how he knows the trails, and everything is about buck rubs and deer stands and trails and the scent and how he's mapped this and he has stopped my walk. <laughs> so here I am, just walking. <laughs> just walking around, just like going, this is not how we go for walks. So after we're done for the walk, I said to him, honey, um, just so you know, that's not how I go for walks. Just so you know, when you go for a walk, you enjoy it. You walk in the woods and you see God and you see nature and you don't stop because, oh, this is also, shh, be quiet. <laughs> I talk about God in the woods, right? I couldn't talk. I had, you know, like tiptoe. And, and so I said to him, that's, that's not, that's not, not how I, we are going to, I don't want us to walk that way. I want us to walk in the woods. Just walk in the woods. He looked at me and he said, you are the first person that has ever said that to me. And I said, well, welcome to your new wife. (laughs) So, the next time we walked, guess what? He got it right. He got it right. So we're walking. I could tell, oh, is he stopping? No, he's not stopping. So I'm telling you, he learned how to walk in the woods. Yes, right? And I can remember this place right here. It was where the Arboretum is. There's another place across the belt line, and you can go underneath. You know what I mean? Been there? Okay. So he did good starting out on on the one side. We got underneath. And we're walking through the woods, and he goes, stop. There's a whatever. (laughs) This is so good. And I went, 
Jesus, I'm going to go for a walk with you. Oh, this is so good. Because if anybody would have been behind me or if Jim would have ever turned around and saw what I was doing, because I said, I just walked. And when Jim stopped, I looked at Jesus and I just talked. And, I, and it was a miracle. I got my expectations on Jesus during the walk. So the whole time, honestly, I'm telling you, I had my hand like this. We'd stop for the buck rub, and I'd, I'd talk to Jesus. I was like, it's so good. At the end of the path, there was a bench. And I went around, and Jim goes, you want to sit at the bench? I'm like, yeah. He sat down, and he put his arm around me, and I put my head on his shoulder. It was so powerful. And the Lord said to me, you know what the old Joyce would have done? The Joyce that would have put her expectations on Jim? She would have sat there and he would have said, here. (laughs) And he would have said, what's the matter? Nothing. (laughs) Fine. Just forgot how to walk in the woods here. Whatever, you know. And it was a miracle. It was a miracle that I experienced because I got my expectations off my husband and I got him on Jesus. Mm, Such a good story. Let's look at the third one. And the third one is our expectations on situations. Let's look at what the Word says about this. In Matthew 21, 1 through 9. And as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and that he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. I mean, this is an awesome parade, right? The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heavens. So let me talk to you about this situation. The situation was that they didn't have their eyes on Jesus. They had their eyes on an event. The king was coming, on the parade for the king. Not on Jesus. It was a, it was a big event, right? And they... They weren't, they, they in fact, I, I, I bet some of them thought, you know, a donkey, huh? Oh, well. You know, it's like having a, a, a parade, you know, the homecoming king and queen, and they're, they're in a car, and they have their heads stuck out of the sunroofs instead of the convertible, you know? You're like, oh, a little weird, you know? And they're like, hmm, right? I, I bet some people thought. But everybody else, they were the event, the, the, the parade, people are, you know, Hosanna on the event, on the event. Now listen to this other event that took place. 
in Matthew 27, 22 through 23. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah, Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed, asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. You see, these people who had their expectations on an event, now we're at another event. And because they didn't have their expectations on Jesus and they had their expectations on the event, the same people who were praising him were now saying, crucify him. But God. You know what? I love this part of the story. Because the but God part is him on the cross saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So, here are some things that we put our expectations on situations about. And the point under this is sometimes we we look for our worth on expectations. So sometimes we put our expectations on holidays, right? Birthdays. Promotion, anniversary, divorce, family events, food, ministry, what ministry, not having children, our marriage, not being married, relationships, times, time. I want you to think about, I want you to think about where are you putting your expectations on things? Well, let you let me tell you my story. About 30 years ago, the Lord revealed this to me, and it had to do with my birthday. See, I made birthdays special. I would do special things, special food. For the kids, I'd write notes for them to find their presents. I'd have, you know, hundred kids at the house, you know. I, I just love to make birthdays special. But guess what? Nobody could live up to making my birthday special. It, nope, not good enough. Nope, you know, I, it, seemed like, it seemed like I was getting disappointed on my birthday. And, you know, I, I, I'd say, for my birthday, I don't want flowers, I want a plant, and then I'd get flowers. <laughs> right? Until the Lord showed me. He's like, how do, you, how do you like feeling disappointed every birthday? It was like, every birthday, I was like, I knew. I knew it wasn't going to be good enough. So he said to me, I have a way to help you so that you won't be disappointed anymore for a situation, for your birthday. He said, this birthday, I want you to buy your family presents for your birthday. So, I bought the kids each a present and my husband a present. And I I can't even tell you how excited I was about my birthday. That day, I was like, okay, sit down. I got a birthday present, you know, for me. And I gave 
the kids are present, and they're like, Mom, are you kidding me? Mom, this is so awesome, right? They're so excited, right? I gave it to my husband. He's like, he's like, I don't know what this is about, right? <laughs> that was my ex-husband. <laughs> I know what this is about, right? And I didn't care how he was. I knew. And do you know what? You know what God has done? I don't have expect, any expectations on my birthday. All my, my expectations are from him. And he goes, you know what he says to me? I'm dancing for you today. <gasps> I'm singing over you today. And then if I get something from somebody, I'm like, whoa! Do you see? I got my expectations off my birthday. Ah, oh, this is my favorite one. It's our expectations on Jesus. And I want to read some of the word first before we go into the story. All right? And the word is um, Psalm 1830. Let's, let's look at how, how the Lord feels about expectations. As for God, his way is perfect. Oh, let's put our expectations on him. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. Isaiah 4113. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. Second Chronicles 16.9. I love this one. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing, and from now on you will be at war. Philippians 1.20.21. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death, for, me, for to me to live and is Christ is to die again. Let's review the three things that will snare us, will get us our eyes off. That's when we put our expectations on ourselves, what does that look like? It looks like that picture of me pointing to my muscle. That's me having control. When we put our expectations on others, this is my favorite one, right? Or we put our expectations on situations. Let's, let's finish by the story in John 4 about the woman at the well. Someone who put her expectations on Jesus. So I have a video that I would like to, uh, to, to show, to, to, to help have a better visual on the woman at the well. You know what I love about this story? She went to the well at a time when nobody was be there, would be there because she was ashamed of her story. And the powerful thing about the story at the end, which is John 4, 39 through 42, is, is how she says she went to everybody to tell her testimony. See, it wasn't her saying to them, he, he knew things about me. 
because they already knew all that about her, right? It was that. Instead of hiding from them, she was telling them about her story and what a man did with her story. It was her testimony. Do you know what my story, my well story is? I'm the woman at the well. I am the woman at the well. 36 years ago, I showed up at the well. I was eight months pregnant. I had a one-year-old in a crib. I was separated from my husband, living in my best friend's sister's basement. That's my well story. And he came to me, right? He came to me, and he says, I have life-giving water for you. And what's my but God story? It's right here. This is the but God story for me, right? This is the but God story. I'd like the worship team to come up, please. You are the people at the well. You see, what he does is he, he calls us to the well. And there are some of you here tonight, this morning, that this is your well time. You're here, and you don't want anybody to know your story, right? And you've been putting your expectations on yourself and your others in situations for a long time, and it hasn't worked out. And there's some of us Christians here, right? You have your well story that you share, right? But you're still putting your expectations in one of those three areas. You're still putting your expectations on yourself or others or situations. So, with every head bowed and every eye closed, God is calling to those of you who this is your well story. He says, this is the well. This is the day. Today is the day. I am sitting there waiting for you. I already know your story. Let me change it so that your story will be your testimony. And that you will go out and you will share your story. You'll tell others about the story that you don't, you never want anybody to know about. He's calling you today. He's calling you to a but God story. He's calling you to a new life. If that is you today and you have never put your expectations on Jesus, you have never asked him, you've never met him at the well, Today is your day. Don't leave today. It is a beautiful well story. If that is you, raise your hand. You're saying, today is the day I want. I want to make that. I see your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand in that hand. I see that hand. I see the hands in the balcony and, and down below. Well, wait a minute. He's calling to you. He says it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done. He makes our well stories into something beautiful. So if you raise your hand, I want you to put it over your heart. And I want you to say something like this with me. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm meeting you at the well, Lord. I'm here. Lord, I'm asking God 
that you come into my heart, come into my life, Lord, and help me, God, to get my expectations off of me and others and situations. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me so that I can put my expectations on a perfect love. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Let's clap, because you know what? I, I just think. You know what? In heaven, in heaven, they're, they're, they're shouting and hooting and hollering, right? And the names are written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, I want to talk to those of you who have your well story. You know, Pastor, his message has been an awakening, a revival. He's calling his church, the Lord is calling his church to something different. Today's the day. He's saying, of those three things, what was, what was the area that you know that's me, or maybe you see yourself in all three areas. What is it that he's asking you to get your expectations off of and put them on him? He's calling marriages. This morning, he put it so strong in my heart about marriages. He said, I want marriages to get themselves, their eyes, their expectations off themselves of trying to make it work, or on their spouse or trying to make it work, or, the, or, the, or their marriage, the situation, and come together today, hand in hand, and say, Lord, we put our, expect, our, our marriage, our, ourselves, and each other on you. He's calling out that. He's calling out that. Which one of you today are you saying, that's me? He's saying, you come to the altar, you know what? Just like the woman at the well, just like all my stories, you know what all I had to do? I just said, Lord, I don't want to. Help me. Show me how to put my expectations on you in these areas. Oh, you have not because you ask not. I promise you, he'll help you. He'll change you. I, I still battle that. I still have to battle that. But I say, Lord, I want to put my expectations on you. If that's you today. You come up to the altar. You marriages, you come up to the altar, or you sit together and you say, This is what we're gonna do. If your spouse isn't here, guess what? You've got the hand of Jesus, right? Went for the walk in the woods, you've got the hand of Jesus right there. And you say, raise it together for your marriage. So I'd like the prayer team to come up, and I'm calling you today. Come up to the altar. Come up. Marriages, come up. Come up. Don't leave today. Don't leave today still putting, wanting to put your expectations on anything else but Jesus. Father, I ask all of this in Jesus' name.